Good morning, everybody. I can't get the image out of my mind, and I'm wondering what would happen if we handed out communion like Hans and Franz handed out candy. It's just in my head, I don't know. It's a weird place to be sometimes. So, the weekend is almost over. Now, I remember when our, I used to work with a youth pastor. He says, don't you dare kids go home and treat your parents like crap after a weekend like that. But you know, when you don't sleep, it's tempting. So please be gentle and nice to your parents, although they've probably had a wonderful break. Amen, some of you. So this weekend, we've been looking at divine dining. We are a hungry world. We are a hungry society. Our hunger goes deep. And in our world, it seems like we have an absolute infinity of options to fill our souls with, and yet we still, at the end of the day, feel hungry. It's always been this way. It's always been this way. And it was true when Jesus came along, too. And it was true in the Bible, in so many different places. We are a hungry world. So in each of these... um, In each of these times that we've been together, we've seen someone who desperately needs food get food. And it's true of this story today too, the disciples. So we're going to go to John 21, and I'm going to read John 21, and it's on the screen up there. And this is quite an interesting, it's one of my favorite stories, and I hope that it can be something that you can hang your life on as well, as a lot of you guys go from here and back into your places where you have to do life and faith. I'm reading from, I remember when I was a kid looking at like large print Bibles going, wow, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Now I think I need to get one because it's hard to read. So I might actually bounce up a little bit. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. I'm going to read it up there. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, um, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, these were the sons of... Sons of Thunder, those are the guys who wanted to blow people up, so they're kind of cool. And two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So you guys think you're tired. Well, they were fishing all night, and you probably are. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, Hey friends, haven't you any fish? Ouch. By the way, they were professional fishermen, so it's kind of the job. No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. As Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, doing all the work, thanks Pete, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Sound Sound familiar? Last night we had a wonderful communion with fish and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. 
Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. But it gets better. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger and you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And that's good for now. So I can imagine what that night was like with the disciples in the boat. Nice spot, Pete. What do you mean? We fish here all the time. Well, I don't care. There's no fish here. Well, there's fish last year. You couldn't come up with any better of a spot. Hey, Andrew, did you even pick the right net? Of course I picked the right net. I always pick the right net. At least, you didn't, at least I did it all by myself. You didn't even help me. This sucks. I can't believe we're doing this again. The disciples had been with Jesus for three years. Last night we learned that they had quite an adventure with Jesus. There were times when things were just absolute dynamite, and there were times when they felt stupid because they didn't know certain things, and there were times that were all out desperate, like when Jesus died. But Jesus had risen again, and he had come back and forth. This is the third time the disciples saw him, so what the heck is going on? So all that they knew they could do was they just went back into the boat, did what they knew they could do, and it was a terrible night. Well, you think your leaders had a terrible night? (laughs) They did because a lot of them didn't sleep. Except last night it was pretty quiet. Anyways, you think these nights are tough? That was a time when darkness reigned. Now see, the Apostle John, who wrote John, he was a man of images. He just didn't throw images around. The whole night thing was on purpose. It was dark. Once again, the disciples are plummeted into darkness. And in the darkness, it's totally futile. Which means nothing's happening. They're coming up empty. And they're frustrated. And let me just tell you, young people, it can be like this even when you follow Jesus. The adults can testify to this. Amen? You can do all the right things, and then still the wrong things happen. You can work and work and work, and nothing gets into the net. And then you start asking the question, I thought I was following Jesus. I thought this was supposed to be easier. I thought this was supposed to be better. Like, where is Jesus in all of this? And that's the reality sometimes of following Jesus. It sometimes doesn't make sense. And that's exactly where the disciples are that night in the boat. It's not adding up. Jesus came, he showed himself, he's definitely in the flesh. We touched his hands. What is going on? And then it says at the break of day, there's someone standing at the shore. Hmm. I wonder who that could be. And Jesus, and I think it was probably more of a cheerful, 
uh, jesterful question, hey guys, got any fish? No. So Jesus says, put your nets on the right side of the boat. Well, you know, when you put the nets on the wrong side of the boat, you're probably not going to get fish. I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. So, boom, they put the nets on the other side of the boat, and they are full. They are like Costco four kids shopping cart full. 153 different things that you don't need full, but it's full. It's full. And Peter's like, I know who that is. So he hops out of the boat, and he's doing one of those weird running in the water things. It's Jesus. All the rest of them here is, thanks, Peter. Anyway, they're pulling in the fish, and they come in. It's Jesus. He's alive. He is real. He is here. It is starting to add up. And this is what's cool. Jesus had built a fire. And it was a, it was a charcoal fire. And I learned this summer when I went fishing up north that you have to build a charcoal f- fire so you don't burn the fish. Because burning the fish is not really productive when you want to eat the fish. So Jesus had this fire going. And there was bread there too. And it's in the morning. So what meal do we... This is... Trick question. Not a trick question. Easy question. This is low-hanging fruit. What meal do we have in the morning? Breakfast. Some of you eat dinner. You're weird. It's fine. Jesus comes and says, the only time this is uttered in the whole Bible, Jesus says, come and have breakfast. When's the last time the disciples ate with Jesus? What do they call it? What do we call it? The Last Supper. What happened after Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples? Something kind of big. What? He, well, he kind of died. He like full on, you don't kind of die, you die or you don't die. Yes, he full on died. The Last Supper was a bitter meal. It's, it stood in the memory of the disciples. It was a It was a terrible thing. Well, this is the first meal. And you know what Jesus is saying here to all of these men sitting around this table or this fire or these rocks? It's a new day. It's a new day with me. It's a new day with Jesus. Every single day, listen to this, Because of the cross, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, every day is a new day of a buffet of grace and mercy. Amen? Every day, and this is the thing, you're going to go away from this retreat thingy, and some of you had, whoa, we had real good spiritual moments, ooh, we're really connected, and you're going to have really crappy days. That's the thing we call life. And some of you are going to blow it, and some of you are going to do stupid things, and bad things are going to happen. But every single day you wake up because you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, every single day because of the cross, you wake up and every day is a banquet of grace. Because it says in Lamentations, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. His mercies are new every single morning. Well, it gets better than this. And I never really thought of this until... Today, yesterday we learned that the disciples came to the end of themselves at the feeding of the 5,000. At least that's how I read the text, and I believe that's accurate. 
So Pete, Jesus is about to ask Peter, hey, do you love me? Now you know the story, right? It's kind of like, like is Jesus, is Jesus kind of like putting salt in the wounds here? Like, you know what happened with Peter, right? So Peter was, he was, Peter was absolutely confident that he was going to save the Savior that night. Do you remember the night when Jesus was betrayed by Peter, rooster? Remember that one? Peter, he doesn't listen to Jesus when Jesus says, you know what, i got to do this. He says, no, I'm going to go into the courtyard and I'm going to save my Savior. Ha <laughs> ha, watch this, Jesus. Saving my Savior. And this little schoolgirl comes up, notices his accent, notices that he's been with Jesus because she's seen him one time or two, and says, aren't you a Galilean? Didn't I see you with Jesus? And immediately he comes undone. And within three more questions, he's swearing and cursing that he doesn't know Jesus. This is ultimate total fail. Like, you know Fail Army on YouTube? Probably watch that. Like, he's the general of Fail Army at this point. This is an utter and colossal catastrophe of epic proportions. Peter, who loves Jesus, wants to save him, and he totally falls on his face. Jesus now comes after breakfast and he proves that his mercies are new every morning. Because you know what? He asked Jesus, or he asked Peter three times, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? See, I don't think Jesus had any problem with forgiving Peter, but I do believe that Peter was going to have a really big problem receiving forgiveness from Christ. And so three times, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. And they weren't real sheep by Jesus. <laughs> you know that, right? They were like, bah, can you feed my No, there's like, this is the future, the church. Again, Jesus says, Peter, you love me. Yes, Lord, I love you. You know I love you. And then the third time, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. And I think it's at this point where Peter says, okay, we can do this. You see, one of the hardest things, and we said this yesterday, is how are you going to live with yourself? We are often our own worst enemies. We do stupid things. Parents, sometimes you're like frustrated and do stupid things to your kids. Kids, you do lots of stupid things to your parents, and the grandparents goes, ah, it's payback, all that kind of stuff. And then all through life, you fumble around. You follow Christ, and then all of a sudden one day it's like you don't even know Christ, and then you're denying Christ, and you're betraying Christ. Jesus wants you to know that every single day in Him, His mercies are new, and His grace is brand new. Every single day. And so three times He asked Peter. And at that point, I believe Peter could release himself. It says at the end, how, how committed is Peter going to be after this forgiveness? If you can scroll one back, this is kind of a weird verse if you might not know the context. 21 of this. Oh, no, yeah, no, that's kind of next. Maybe before a couple. Actually, I have it right here. <laughs> I can hardly read it because it's all blurry, but whatever. Um, maybe it's up there, I'm hoping. You can do the Jeopardy music at this point. Um, did someone said, do you need some help? <laughs> no. Jesus said, very truly I tell you, 
When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. The forgiveness of Jesus Christ in Peter's life was so rich that Peter one day would die for it. I forget who said it, it was maybe Bono. If you want to know how to live, find out something worth dying for. Peter loved Jesus so incredibly much that even when, and whoever it was, like most of the apostles got tortured and died for their faith, but tradition has it that when Peter went to go die on a cross, he said, I'm not dying like my master. And so they put him upside down and they, he died upside down. So free was Peter, that we, what we just sang, so free was Peter because of the love of Jesus Christ that he walked in the mercy after all that Peter did, the walked in the mercy and grace of the great buffet every single day that one day he said, oh man, this is worth dying for. Young and old, may we all come to a place with Jesus Christ where if that moment came where we had to die for Jesus Christ, it would be a no-brainer. Because we know Him, and we love Him, and we know His forgiveness. May you go out knowing He's always enough. He's always enough. He's always enough for you, no matter what. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank You so much for this story. It's so good. So good. So many times, Lord, we mess up. And like big time. And yet every day you say, my mercies are new for you. That's the power of the cross. We pray for each and every one of these students here and leaders and everybody else, Lord, that they might press into the reality and the goodness and grace and fellowship of Jesus Christ. To which all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Willoughby Church Sermon Podcast. The Willoughby Church Podcast Network also has podcasts about discipleship, the Heidelberg Catechism, and even a podcast hosted by some of the youth. You can find out more about the Willoughby Church Podcast Network by going to willoughbychurch.com.